Hello and welcome to another episode of Space Time Taco. I'm your host Chris with Nate and Dave. <laughs> Did you have to wait until you had a, le- a little less pocky in your mouth to say that? Yep, I was eating. All right. So how you guys been? Strawberry we've been snacks. we've been going for a week technically. Uh, the podcast released last week, but yep. it was not a that week recorded podcast. <clears throat> Playing football. Playing football. Yeah, football and other things happened. Uh, so you got to talk about Knuckles and Knuckles. Uh, <laughs> what you guys been playing lately? I know we haven't really. It's back in the beginning of the new year. Why not talk? Have we been Dave playing and I anything played cool? Enough PUBG, specifically duo first person perspective, for both of us to be ranked somewhere in the top fifteen percent. Cool. I'm not like that. Yeah, we're pretty 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 solid. That's we nice. uh we won a game on uh. Last Sunday. Sadly, did not stream it. We got a chicken dinner. It's okay. Nate's got the replay. We can upload that. I do have the replay. We stream PUBG a lot lately. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's fun. Um, it it's is a fun. popular game. We're getting better at it, so that's that, the fun part for me is getting better at it. <laughs> the problem with PUBG is there's no way to learn from your mistakes without making the mistakes. There's no practice mode. There's no. You shooting, gotta fuck up to no get better. Range, right. You literally just have to put yourself in enough situations to know what to do the next time you're in those situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. I realize the best way to play PUBG for people who are getting into it like brand new and just picked it up because now it's a full official release. Is let whoever picks it up the fastest take all the assault rifles. (laughs) Well, it's there's always like the beginner tips and these beginner tips came up from the beta rate. Like when you start a game you pick a shot caller. You learn how to move throughout the maps, learn the locations, don't spend too long looting, and stay ahead of the circle. Those are the basics. The hard stuff is finding out what your playstyle is. I am absolutely horrid at taking any kind of long-range shot in the game beyond, like, 200 meters plus. And even at 200 meters, I'm practically garbage. So My longest kill is just under 200 meters. So what Nate does when we play is he just watches my butt and lets me take on the long-range yes. shot. I watch Dave's butt, and I kill people in buildings. Yep. CQC. CQC. So, sticking to that skill set, I make sure that my loadout is set up in a certain way, Dave's loadout is set up in a certain way, depending on what gear we find, and we end up doing pretty well. There's very few games that we play lately where we would not finish in top ten. Yep. Several games we finished in top five. (laughs) So, and to finish in top five is a feat in and of itself, because the circle is like the size of a quarter, and everybody else is inside that quarter. (laughs) And if you don't got a scope, good luck. Yep. Yeah, I just like my gameplay. Whereas, fuck around, yes. maybe actually make it to the top ten. We still fuck around, but our version of fucking around is like doing a quick drop in a heavily populated area where we know that we have a high likelihood to die. Our version of fucking around is when Dave's game crashes and his... Body just goes sailing off into the just distance. Just running off into the distance. Just running off the distance. Here's Forrest Gumping across oh the map. Oh my god. I fucking was running. <laughs> Here's the thing. In PUBG now, with the latest update, when you crash, if you're moving, the game keeps your character moving on the server side. Even though your client is, is deceased. Why? I still don't get that. Well, I don't either. Because I crashed... Took me a minute and a half to log back in. I finally get back in and I load in nowhere near where I was before. Were you Were you going in a good direction? Luckily, or? I was heading toward the circle. Yeah. Yes. Luckily, oh Dave was already. I was heading the towards circle. the circle when I crashed. The dumb thing is, 
we're playing duo, so I have to follow him to make sure he doesn't die. So right? literally, Nate's like running out of the open with me while I'm Forrest Gumping across like, the we map. We are both, and every time he's crashed, <laughs> he's never died while he's crashed. That's the weirdest thing. We're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Everybody on the map could see us if they just bothered to look in one direction. That's true. And we would just be right for the picket. And every time Dave's crashed, never managed to be found. Luckily, a couple times, he's gotten stuck on something and stopped moving. <laughs> <laughs> run into a tree, Or, or yeah, Dave would run tree. up to me and body bump me to try to get me I to have get had to, There's actually one one clip I've been meaning to save of me standing in front of Dave. It just looks like we're we're standing at each other, we're pointing at each other, we're not doing anything, because I'm just trying to make sure he can't fucking move. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um... So while the game is still buggy released, ass. it's buggy as fuck. Yeah. The, um... No, I, I picked up Monster Hunter World and played that. So that's fun. That just came out yesterday. <laughs> yep. On a brand new console that you bought. Yep, I bought a PS4. Not specifically for Monster Hunter World, but that was one of the perks no, of having it. No, in the message you sent us, you bought it specifically for Destiny, Destiny 2. 2, which will be <laughs> the third time. three copies of. Oh, you actually bought it already? Yes. I'm so mad at you. Um, no, I, I enjoy Monster Hunter World. It is the most polished Monster Hunter game probably ever released. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, my first Monster Hunter experience was on a 3DS, so I can't really count it against that. My first experience with Monster Hunter was, <coughs> my first experience, my, my first experience, motherfucker. You good? Good. My first experience with the Monster Hunter game was over at... <coughs> He did that on purpose. No, didn't. Shut up. He Mike's didn't see my face. house. <laughs> I should be nice. He let me play Mario for like an hour. Don't, Chris. Now I'm done. Monster Hunter. At Mike's house. Experience. Yeah. I had no real fun in the game until I found out that there was a class where you could run around and play musical instruments. <laughs> that time was not on purpose. So... The, the great thing about Monster Hunter is there are 14 different types of weapons to choose from. You How many of them are musical? One. Yeah, okay, that's mine. <laughs> it's mine. called the hunting horn or bagpipes as they're referred to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the great thing about the bagpipes is they're similar, they offer a similar play style to the hammer in the game. Hammer down? Which is, yes, basically hammer down. It's a big war hammer. Hammer down. Um, but they they don't do as much damage, but they offer buffs to your party, so they're great for when you're playing in groups. Mm-hmm. Monster Hunter World has made it much easier to play in a group than any other Monster Hunter game. Yeah, on PS4. Yes, on PS4. <laughs> you don't have to, but the thing about playing buggy. in a group is I don't, have to right wait. Yes, I don't have to wait for like you guys to get on if we want to play Monster Hunter together and group up and party and, you know, have this big coordinated, you know, fuck fest online. Why, why would you not have to wait for us? Because the way that quests work in the game is you join, essentially, a lobby. Oh, I thought you were going to be like, because they cross compatibility. No. No. (laughs) They, um... Because that'll never happen with Sony. You basically join a lobby of up to 16 players. Now, it's not a social hub like Destiny is, where you're all running around together and lagging up your frame rate by doing so. Um, But if I accept a quest in the lobby, it's posted to a quest aboard. I determine how many players are allowed to join, I determine if there's a passcode or not for that quest, so on and so forth, and after that is posted, anybody can join, even if the quest is still in progress. If they Hmm. join the quest in progress after like 10 minutes or so, they don't get as many rewards from it, but 
it's still easy to join somebody's quest immediately. Mm -hmm. You also have SOS flares, which are neat. So what you can do is in the middle of a mission or an expedition, which is just roaming around the open world, you can set up an SOS flare. What this will do is allow anybody from any server to respond to your flare through a matchmaking system and join your game. So super easy to play with other people. Um, the 14 different weapon types also just lend themselves to different play styles. They're great for just experimenting with and finding out. No one weapon is objectively better than any other weapon. It all depends on your playstyle and how well you can use it. I use a weapon called the Switch Axe, which is really fun. And I want to use a weapon called Bagpipes. Yes. I'll never play the game. Well, yeah. It's just not my kind of thing. That's fine. Um, but this one is definitely more streamlined. The one big drawback to Monster Hunter was gathering materials, which is much easier and faster this time. You can gather, you can gather materials while on the run now. So, a big thing, mm -hmm. like like you said, you have it on PlayStation, so you're, everything's running fine. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are super annoyed by, it's, uh, people are not really blaming Xbox for the issues with the game running on Xbox. They're blaming the fact that there were console-specific betas. Yep. Only yep. on PlayStation. Yep. Yep. You can't release a multiplayer title on two separate consoles and test it on and one only and not the test other. one. Well see that's that <laughs> is Sony and Capcom's fault in particular. Capcom and Sony Sony both being Japanese companies and Xbox being based in the US. Um, why can't we all get along like Nintendo? Well the thing is is Sony I mean we've seen this since the inception of the PS4. Um, Sony holds very, very tight to any title that they consider traditionally theirs. Mm -hmm. So, for example, when Final Fantasy XV launched on the Xbox One, it was a scarce experience at launch as opposed to what it was on PS4. The same thing for both Destiny games, the same thing for Monster Hunter World Now. I mean, in all honesty, both Destiny games were kind of sparse to begin with. Well, yes, but the the idea here is that Sony will do what it can, basically, to shaft, it, to shaft Xbox every single chance it gets with every game that it gets released on it, if it can. If it can get some kind of exclusive deal out of the developer or publisher, it will go for it. Mm -hmm. To be fair, Microsoft mm -hmm. did this first. They did it with Call of Duty. Yeah. They basically were the first studio to come out and say, <clears throat> Activision, you give us your DLC before you give it to Sony. Here's a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. And they had like a five or six year agreement. And that lasted from like Modern Warfare 2 all the way up to like Black Ops 3. And then when the agreement expired, Sony swooped in and was like, pay you twice whatever they pay you. Yep. yep. It's just, well, that's because they realize that they're both in a pretty competitive market and they have very much a lot of the same games on both consoles. So they have to compete for that space to get a game sold on their particular console. Yep. So, in this case, like, if I buy Monster Hunter World for PlayStation, that's Microsoft looking at me going, hey, you fucker, why don't you buy it on our console? And then he's <laughs> looking at them and going, well, because they demoed it, made it yeah. in, and they made it more stable. And Nintendo just kind of doesn't exist in that space because they've got games that you just can't get anywhere else, period. Mm -hmm. Yep. Super Mario Odyssey. But they're also games everybody Mario wants to Bros. play. Mario Bros. 3. Like, everybody wants to play Super Mario, not everybody wants to play Horizon Knack Zero Dawn. Knack 2. Fuck <laughs> Not even PlayStation has Knack 2. No, did Knack 2 come out already? Yeah, it did. Yes, no, it, did. it didn't. Yeah, it did. I don't believe you. 
That game already came out? Yes, it's, it's out. It's already oh, Duncan's wow. Game of the Year. <laughs> no, the Game of the Year is Super Mario <laughs> Brothers 2. Yes. From 1980-something all the way to today. It's yes. been Game of the Year every year. <laughs> oh, my God. Super Mario Brothers 2. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got the big boys. The big so, boys. That was the 2017 yes. year in review. Yep. <laughs> so we got a couple the of things that have come out recently. Um some kind of smaller than others. The most important of all, of all, obviously, is the fact that Funko came out and they're putting out a Junkrat Pop. You say that slower. Nobody heard you. I know. Funko Pop figures For are doing Overwatch. another line. Series of 3. Overwatch. Series 3. Including. Junkrat. Your main. Everybody's favorite person in the world, Junkrat. I'm so <laughs> glad his mind's got nerfed. He's, he's a lot less offensive. He's still a good... But he's not as well now. It's more you have to be more precise now. Right, you can't. Uh, I'm glad you have to be more precise because you can't just chuck up two mines in the middle of a point and kill everybody. (laughs) Yep. Um, Team kill. I was gonna say along (laughs) with Junkrat, they're gonna be releasing uh, Roadhog, Sombra. Oh, my mind's blanking. Roadhog, Sombra. Doomfist. Doomfist. I don't think is coming yet. Tracer. Um, Tracer has been out forever. Farah. No, Farrah also has been Reinhardt. out forever. Reinhardt, Reinhardt also has been out forever, Dave. Um, I'm just Mercy. naming all the characters I can think of. Alright, so it's Junkrat, a six inch, that's right. Uh, Roadhog, Zenyatta, that's the one in, I can never remember oh, his Zen. name unless I see his face. Uh, Zarya, Sam, uh, Sombra, in Mercy. Okay. No news if there's going to be any kind of like chases or anything like that if there is i'm gonna need them um like i could see them doing one of the like the invisibility chase for somber or something like that mm-hmm. uh you say chase those are like the, the variants right chase is one out of however many you might get a chance of getting a special variant color variant oh yeah it's like felt or something yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Those, oh, I hate those things. The flocked, they call it flocked. They all feel flocked. like shit. Um, it kind of feels like the old uh, Mossman. Yeah, but for whatever reason, for... people pay like buku dollars for a Mossman pop figure. Yep, fuck that shit. Nope. Fuck it right in the butt. It's fun because Funko actually has on their website official values for figures that they've released in the past, like a collector's guide, basically. Yeah, but the, when the company yeah. that controls the ability to create as many as they want keeps the blue book i don't fucking that's true. well no that's the I thing mean, they have their the thing, thing back in they the have their book but then there's also the fact that people ignore that and go on their own like nobody wants to know how disgustingly expensive a first generation charizard is anymore uh <laughs> and as of today i noticed i'm not sure if the news came out today or if it came out earlier uh on top of the the new overwatch pops uh they also have revealed the first three Oron Host Club pops. Nice. And I kind of need them Oh, now. that's right, they did. I, I need those. So I need badly. them. But they only are doing three so far, and I'm really annoyed. Yeah, I'm annoyed uh, too, but... Hey, you get what you get. But off the, of pops. In other back. Overwatch news... Yeah. They dropped a big update this, this week. Their, like, legacy update. Yep. They in, nerfed Mercy. Is it considered legacy update? Yeah. Because they didn't add anything or change too much. They just... Put out the Junkrat nerf. And then there tweaks to characters. They, they did a couple tweaks. But then they put out a brand new map, which I haven't played yet. And they put out um, a shit ton of skins, emotes, 
and uh, art cosmetics. Up cosmetics, to you. yeah. Yep. So you got a whole bunch of new content in Overwatch to choose from. Blizzard World is looks like a pretty decent map. I haven't played it yet either. It just looks big. I was just looking through it. It's really cool looking. It just looks Ooh. big for playing an actual game type one. <laughs> And this um, all went live earlier this week. It also right? looks like it's extremely easy to get lost. And yeah, like, it came out on Tuesday. I feel like if you were in the middle of a comp match, like play the play comp on this map after you've had a decent time to explore it in quick play or something, because you'll just get distracted by something that looks cool and let you fuck a team down. <laughs> <laughs> That's after, why I don't think it's in comp right now. No, probably not. That's why I also they like to wait go like in two or three weeks before they add it to rotation. I like to go That's in on my own with, game with time colony. and just check shit it's, out. Be like, oh, this is really cool. What's Look at this really stuff. weird is. I started exploring the um, Overwatch subreddit earlier this week. Why'd you make that mistake? Yeah, it, that, that's the best way I could describe it is as a mistake because it is full of some of the most toxic people to ever play Overwatch. It's basically full of people who love playing comp, love playing absolutely nothing but comp, will hate on you if you play quick play or arcade mode, will hate on you if you don't pick to a certain meta, and uh, basically bitch about everybody. It's basically a subreddit... For people to bitch about how everybody else sucks at Overwatch but them. <laughs> yeah. I do like the play of the game posts and everything. Uh, and then, of course, there's the alternate subreddit for Overwatch, which is nothing but Overwatch porn. Uh, <laughs> I don't know which gets more hate, the Overwatch porn or the regular Overwatch section. There's, I like a subreddit. It's our competitive Overwatch. Mm-hmm. There's a lot less like hate and toxicity and a lot more discussion. Yeah. I posted one thread in there about people begging for mercy reses after they've solo-dived a team. Like, and I basically, and I told him, like, I'm not going to do it. And someone just wrote, oh, here's another Mercy bitching again. <laughs> it's like, well, if every Mercy on this forum is bitched about this, maybe you should stop solo diving your team, as the, solo diving the enemy team. Yeah, maybe it's DPS. not the Mercy, that's the issue. <laughs> if you're yeah. Genji, and you just charge into the enemy, two fucking, two tanks, two DPS and a healer, you're going to end up dead, 90% of the time. <laughs> And I'm not coming to save your ass. So speaking of the toxicity, uh, Blizzard has come out and said they are planning on looking at YouTube stream or YouTube streams and videos to find toxic players in the community. Um, I don't know how in depth that really is going to go. Uh, I worry about certain people that kind of freak out and scream and yell during our streams, <laughs> and uh, may or may not throw things and possibly break. The thing is, is I never do it in game <laughs> chat. So nobody can record what I'm saying. It's only on our stream. Yeah, if we upload the stream. Uh, <laughs> the stream will just be me disconnecting. <laughs> true. That's very true. I've seen it happen before. I've actually had somebody be like, what happened to Nate? I'm like, oh no, guys. We should uh, just stream, we should have a bunch of clips of Overwatch together and just have a Nate DC's counter in the top <laughs> corner. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say, moving on from Once it that. Once it's a certain amount, you have to just buy a VPN. <laughs> <laughs> so another big thing that happened, and it's weird because it's a big thing that happened, but changed quicker than I expected. What's that? Couple of week, a uh, couple of weeks ago, a couple of days ago, can't remember the exact time frame. Uh, Epic came out and said that they were going to focus less on the title Paragon, their FPS MOBA, or not MOBA, is it a MOBA? Yeah, it's like a MOBA. Yes. Yeah. Basically, FPS MOBA is the easiest way I can describe the game. Um, 
And they were going to pull basically a lot of the team that was working on Paragon and focus on Fortnite because of its success. Well, after a few, however long, uh, they end up deciding to completely shut down Paragon. All of Paragon will be gone on April 26th. Uh, I am seeing a lot of people upset about this. I know a couple of people that are big fans of the game. But I also know that those fans consistently complain that the community was never heard. Uh, Epic would just do what they wanted, make game tweaks without actually listening to the voice of the people that are actually playing their game. One of the things that I did like about Paragon is all of the characters have really, like, well-fleshed-out backstories. And, like, it's all information that's, like, available, like, on the game's website. Like Like Overwatch? Um, not, Overwatch has, has, is decent, but a lot of the backstory, you have to, like, wait for Blizzard to tell it to you. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, uh, Epic basically came out and said that, like, these are the characters, these are how they're related, this character is, like, this, this, this character is that, blah, 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 this chick is bi, this chick is not. <laughs> wait, are we talking about Overwatch or? Paragon! <laughs> so that's cool, I didn't know about that. Yeah, I, um... I just, I remember reading, like, a backstory on Twitter or something, about a purple-haired girl character in Paragon, and I remember seeing the word bisexual, and then I'm like, wait, is this fan fiction on my Twitter timeline? And then I see the nope, tweets from Epic. It is legitimate. Like, oh, no, this is legitimate. <laughs> no, so, Epic writes his own fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> the news, and then you became skilled. <laughs> the news broke. Uh, obviously, a lot of people upset. They did come out and say that they will full, they're will they fully refunding everything. So every, every purchase, purchase you've ever made, made on the game, Paragon will be you refunded. get your money back. You know what that tells me? So that means I that should just go buy Paragon that, right now. That, no, that tells me that they're fucking killing it with Fortnite microtransactions. Well, That's exactly what I'm thinking. Because um, there's no way they would be comfortable re- refunding everyone's purchase unless everyone is this small minority. So well, on top really of that, Paragon was never a big game to begin with. I'm yeah. seeing compla- like the two biggest complaints I'm hearing from people are... What about all the money that I have put into this game? It's like you were just ignoring the fact that the company has come out and said they are refunding everything. Not within a window, not within the last two weeks, month, whatever. From the launch of the game, if you have spent money on this game, you can have your money back. The other side is, I've seen people say, what am I going to do with that two years of time that I've spent and put into this game? (laughs) I'm like, you played and enjoyed a game for two years. If you didn't enjoy that game for two years, guess what? That's on you. Well, yeah. If you... Stuff happens. Find a new game. Games end. There are billions of games out there that you can play. What about the two years you put in the game? What about the several years people put in the games like... Well, Forget for me, the time put in the games. Put, what uh, about if, the time if, that if the I people was, worked on that if game? If I was Epic... Well, that's yeah. that's who I people, feel bad for. I don't give a shit about the people that out today. And it would, I would cover the entire game in in-game advertisements for Fortnite. <laughs> that would be funny. Well, it is a free-to-play title, it isn't is. it? Yeah, it is. So. Um, no, actually, so that's what Fortnite throws me off. I've PS4. seen a couple of people be like, I've bought multiple copies of the game. I'm like, are you sure? Multiple copies of what? Of Paragon. They are definitely <laughs> killing it with microtransactions from the Fortnite Battle Royale stuff. And um, Why haven't we played that, guys? Because it's a fucking knockoff. Because Dave it's doesn't a, like it because he... Well, it runs a better. Massive knockoff of PUBG. Well, here's the thing: the actual guy player unknown, Brendan, Brendan, Yuri? Green. Thank you, Nate. Not Yuri. Um, He's the lead singer from Panic at the Disco. <laughs> He's actually got like a pending trademark on the IP of Battle Royale as it relates to games. So, like the ever shrinking play zone in a like uh, plane drop 
battle royale, like that specific uh, set of rules, he owns like, the copyright and the intellectual property for. Which still throws me off, but whatever. The the mods that he's created and the work that he put into H1Z1 was licensed. They paid him money to use his idea. And Blue Hole licensed his idea and made him creative director on the mm-hmm. new game, Battle you know, Player Unknown's uh, Battlegrounds. Battlegrounds. So all of that is like giving credit where credit is due. You take somebody who's worked hard and you reward them for their hard work. Fortnite was a fucking Minecraft single player fucking build your world kind of multiplayer thank you kind of game and then they said oh battle royale's killing it right now we can do that too and they literally copied every kind of major aspect from battle royale from from player unknown Mm -hmm. and they gave no credit it does piss me off that they didn't give credit and that also that the because of player because of the the whole battlegrounds mode or the Yes, old Battlegrounds mode, Battle Royale mode for Fortnite, that the concept behind what was originally Fortnite has, is it's completely, completely gone. Lost. Like, right. And the nobody other actually wants to buy single the player full Fortnite. game anymore. Right. Yeah. They, they, they downloaded the I Battle Royale who, version who because who it's free. It. They did play the original Fortnite and they loved it. Yep. It was a great concept. Basically, it was baby's first seven days to die is what the original Fortnite was. It looked really fun. It, I never got a chance to play it. Just it was super fun. And I mean, it was polished. It was polished. The way you built stuff was really neat. And I think that's the biggest issue I have is the fact that, yes, they stole or they they used the same gameplay mechanics and game, a lot of the same, not not assets or anything like that. No, but Obviously, they, it's they like lifted, same roles, same everything. Right. Yes. But they were able to do it so quickly and make it so much smoother of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it helps, I think, well, because they had the already yeah, existing engine. They have engine. an already existing engine, and they have a team to work with already. They that don't have, have to change much. They just have fantastic to, games in the past. They basically just have to do some minor code to make a new game mode. That's it. Um, we yep. actually talk about this the in other... game design a lot, is that a game is defined by its rules. So the big question for people looking at this game from an intellectual perspective is is it really 100% a complete ripoff of PUBG? And if it is, what are the ethical implications of that and how does that practically play out in the game industry? Really? Turns out nothing. Well, it turns out nothing right now. That's a big part. And the thing is... is The other thing is that Fortnite, knowing that PUBG was coming to Xbox after E3 made that huge splash Went announcement, to PlayStation. They literally took the idea... Of battle battlegrounds that had already existed on PC for many months when they made the, the summer E3 announcement, June mm-hmm. E3 announcement, and they brought it to PlayStation and Xbox before they and could even get it out. There's on Xbox. actually currently uh, conversations about it possibly going on to cross platform. Uh, no, I was going to say going on to play or PC. Nintendo. Oh, Nintendo, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's that's a big thing. There's a lot of games right now that it's like, hey. That people are coming out and saying reasons why they weren't planning on putting games on the Switch, and it was basically they weren't expecting it to do as well as it did, mm-hmm. and now they're backtracking, being like, "We weren't. We were focusing on getting it on these platforms. Maybe in the future we'll work on Switch." Yeah, I feel bad for whoever the Nintendo the, the president yeah. was that passed away because I'm sure he had a lot of development, a lot mm-hmm. of input on the Switch. And, 
If he was alive it, today, it, it, Iwata, he would be right? so happy yeah, with he, what's going on. He passed away when Nintendo was in a really weird spot, and uh, a lot of people, first party, uh, had abandoned them. Or third party, should say, had abandoned them. Nintendo, you know, while they were still doing all right with the Wii and the Wii U, they weren't doing as well as they had been in the past. Mm-hmm. And now with the Switch, they're just killing it. Yep. <clears throat> Back on top. Everybody wants a Switch. And a lot it's of that was, it's a lot selling of that was, a lot, a so lot much better than other games. Well, not so much better, but like it's coming in as like top selling console here in this in this area in this country mm-hmm. in this month and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Sure, it's in no way near selling as well as Xbox and PlayStation has, but now that obviously it's getting that because so many people already have the other two consoles. It was a combination of factors and. Besides it just being a cool concept of having a home console that is also portable. Um, I mean, hey, with Dave, they'll technically and, um, get two sales out of one guy. <laughs> well, the other the other big thing about the Switch is they shed their sort of this is for kids or for the family image. That's funny you say that, Nate. Why? Because. Because of the most popular game on Switch right now. No, I was going to say Nintendo just recently. Announced oh, yeah. Nintendo Labo. Nintendo Cardboard. Which was 100% before it was even put out there. <laughs> said to be a game for kids in mind yeah. and children, adults that this are kids. This is at Nintendo heart. taking your recycling from you and then selling it back to you for 80 bucks. <laughs> so Nintendo is putting out <laughs> Nintendo Labo. We have a video. I'll link it in the doobly doo uh, where I'm talking over the, the announcement trailer. Um, basically it's little cardboard build-it-yourself peripherals so instead of all those little plastic things that the Wii had uh, it's all you build it yourself out of cardboard that they give you Uh, and if anything happens to it because you know kids kids mess things up you go into this if you have a kid if you aren't expecting that kid to fuck up pieces of cardboard there's something's wrong with you to begin with Um, but (laughs) they are actually putting the blueprints online so you can actually create it yourself if something happens to the stuff that they give to you in the first place um yes right now there are two versions coming out on 420 uh the robot kit which is 79.99 and the what is the other one called do you remember it's It's basically like like some creative selection or something where it's a whole bunch of different ones for 69.99 yeah uh a lot of people including me first thought was that's a lot of money for what you're getting but what we aren't seeing is what that actual game is going to be if you take the price of a full nintendo title out of that you're spending 10 and 20 dollars for cardboard yep yes it's cardboard but there's like if you look at the robot one there's obviously some other things in there plastic there's metal bits that make sure things don't break as easily i mean that's fine i think Uh, it's it's one of those things that, that I'm skeptical of because I talked about this in the earlier podcast from last year, what I had dubbed the Nintendo move. And um, this, I won't say this is definitely one of them, but it could certainly pan out to be one. Well, a big part of it is if you look online, right after the announcement, there were so many people that were like, this isn't what I want for this console. Why would I want this for this console? And basically ignoring the fact that Nintendo said, this is not for the the, the hardcore gamers or even like the, the Mario and Zelda gamers. These are for kids. This is a 
uh, idea focused and targeted at children. Yeah. Like six to twelve, I think was the is the the age range that they said is this is targeted towards. And I'm like, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, but that begs the question: if Nintendo realizes that it's not the middle of the 1980s anymore, and kids aren't primarily the target audience for game consoles. No one is really... I mean, there are a lot of families out there buying game consoles specifically for their kids, for their kids to play games on. Yeah. That's understandable. But the majority of the gaming market, even the majority of people who buy a Nintendo Switch, are buying it because they are what we would consider hardcore gamers who want to play mm. traditional Let's games not call on those their Switch. Mm. Uh, well, mm. and that, that's the thing. You look at the Switch. The, so far in the Switch's lifetime, they have been focusing and targeting towards older gamers mm -hmm. they haven't really focused on kids yes are zelda in mario family friendly titles yes yeah there's some hard fucking parts in both games <laughs> uh there is nothing really focused directly at children for these titles uh or in the on this console so far maybe one or two smaller titles but probably if you look through the eShop, there's plenty but overall big nintendo named brand stuff this is the first hey kids get a nintendo switch yeah uh, i guess so and that's and that's one of those things i i'm listening to people that have kids that are super excited about this because they get to build because they're talking about the the robot kit taking mm -hmm. two hours to put together yeah and i'm like that's two hours you get to spend with your kid building a thing my dad used to bring home cardboard boxes and we would make them into spaceships. Pretend mm -hmm. they were spacious. Pretend they were whatever. Now you get to do that, but add an extra level of it connects to your video game system. You get to do it if you can cough up 80 bucks and you're not poor. <laughs> and I want to cough up 80 bucks and play that robot game. Do you want to know why? Because if... Uh, okay, maybe not right away. Once they put a little bit more detail out. What if that robot game is... An online multiplayer title. Oh, Jesus Christ. I can and, just imagine you millions are, of people in their living rooms with cardboard strapped to their fucking bodies throwing punches and kicks to beat other people online. And you'll look just as stupid as people with a VR set on. Like I, the, the dumb thing is I go to conventions and people do bring their Switches to conventions, of course, because there was the whole 3DS thing. Mm -hmm. Actually, one of the rules of the convention was like, if you sit in the panel, please put your fucking 3DS away. Yeah. Um, and so... I could just, like I want I'm I swear I'm going to find somebody playing this at a convention when just in the middle of the con floor like two people are like square up and they both start fighting each other with fucking cardboard robots. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I, I want to see it. That that will get me to buy that game. If it's not okay, whatever. It's still it's a fun concept. What will get me to buy a robot kit is if I can use it to play the upcoming Metroid Prime game. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing. There were a couple of things in that trailer that aren't included in either of those sets. Yeah. One of them, very similar to a hand cannon yes. from something like Metroid or Mega uh, Man. Mega Man yeah. uh, and that is one of the things a lot of people are thinking about. What if they're able to take this and add on additional layers to existing games or uh, just little mini or miniature games or DLC for the existing titles. Uh, I was listening to kind of funny. Greg Miller was talking about how he wants, how awesome it would be if they made a cardboard uh, proton pack and make it a yeah. Ghostbusters game. And he's like, wait, they don't even need to make a Ghostbusters game. They have 
Luigi's Mansion. Exactly. Think of a, uh, I almost said Google Cardboard, a Nintendo Labo Luigi's Mansion game. Yes. I think Nintendo Labo is an interesting concept if we look at it kind of like VR, is that it's designed to, at least from what I've seen so far, designed to immerse the player in a game by giving them something tactile to hold on to mm-hmm. um, rather than just a controller. And if you can do that, there's interesting concepts to come come from that. The limitation of most VR games is that you generally have to play from a first-person perspective or else it just doesn't feel right. Um, playing a VR game that somehow incorporates a third-person or isometric perspective or some kind of out-of-body perspective is very weird because you don't feel like you're in the character. That's mm. the key to playing these games is feeling like you are... You're not just controlling a thing, but you are the thing that is being controlled. Yeah. And I mean, who doesn't want to just run around in a robot suit? Well, that's true, uh, too. Now, on that note, uh, sadly, Bioware has, has uh, delayed its title, Anthem, yep. a.k.a. Everybody Gets Iron Man Suits. A.k.a. This Is Why Mass Effect Had to Die. I, do, I think <laughs> Mass Effect Had to Die for other reasons. A uh, issue, uh, issue, an issue right now with Anthem though, is supposedly they put a hard, must be done and released by date, and if that's true, that's gonna that sucks. Yeah. I hate when they I do hate this hard dates. The thing that makes me nervous about delays is delays are a coin flip. A game can be delayed because it's just not ready for production, it's not fully polished, they just didn't have enough time to put all the things together and get all the puzzle pieces to fit into that puzzle correctly. Mm -hmm. Those kind of delays worry me the most because what it means is, essentially they are in a perpetual crunch time now of trying to get the game in a working order, and so when it releases, it will not release to the original vision of what the game is supposed to be. This happened to both destiny games as bungie was stuck in perpetual crunch time pushed on them by activision and said just make a game that makes us a bunch of money and get it out there and people will play it and that's exactly what they did two times in a row um anthem based on what we saw at e3 has the potential to fall in the same trap of destiny just being an all-out grind fest of getting new loot equipping new loot rinse and repeat the same process over and over again I would hope that this delay is a second type of delay I like, where they realize that their original vision is not being met, and so they kind of regroup, they take time to relax, and they see if there's a certain gameplay mechanic they want to be done that's up on the drawing board, they revisit it, and they get it done. And if hopefully it's not Bioware being, or not Bioware, EA being like, you can probably fit more transactions in microtransactions Well, that's, in the, that's the other thing. They could be <laughs> delaying possibly because they want to find new ways to monetize the game that they just haven't found yet and so they're saying well we know how terribly we did with star wars and some other games that are monetized we have to find a new system of monetization to put in this because this is going to be bioware's new flagship title and that's the thing i'm okay with forms of monetization we've all had this conversation i think there's something that we would accept in many different titles that would be a like to continue the lifespan and making the monies and all that shits uh but as (laughs) If anything, I want EA to realize that, hey, these last two games that you focused on and put horrible microtransactions into did not do as well because of that exact reason. 
Yes. Keep it in your in your sports games. Do whatever you want with that. Don't put it in games that EA. one you can have a single player experience. Yes. If EA even wants that anymore. Uh, but it's like it, it's simple, right? It's it's if you're going to monetize a game, don't ask me to pay sixty bucks up front for the bones of something and then sell me all the meat later. <laughs> You know, let me have the meat first. Let me have... This is the pizza analogy, right? Is give me the pizza. Give me the crust, the sauce, and the cheese, and I will happily pay extra for toppings. Don't be like, <laughs> you get the crust, you gotta pay for the sauce yeah, and the cheese. With Star Wars Battlefront, they gave you flour and told you to make a whole pizza. <laughs> nah, they at least gave you crust. They gave you... Yeah, crust. You had like a character that shot a gun. There's your None crust. pizza <laughs> left beef. <laughs> None pizza. <laughs> really, that's all I had for the to, to this week. Yeah. Um, there was some kind of news about Dragon, the new Dragon Age game, mm-hmm. uh, but it's kind of not really been expanded upon. Besides the developer, or I think it was the executive producer, came I out and never said never played a Dragon Age game. that. Dragon Age will be a live game, a quote unquote mm-hmm. live game. A live game. Uh, which, the way they described it was, break? it's a game that you finish the main story and it continues afterwards. I'm like, okay, so it'll be an open world game. Yeah, that's all I could think of. I mean, the original Dragon Age was still very much like that. Or, well, I can't say original. Dragon Age Origins, the only Dragon Age team game I really got my teeth into, was very much like that. And it was still ass. Uh, Dragon Age Origins and Dragon Age... Actually, no, I played Dragon Age Inquisition as well because I got it for free on Xbox One. Dragon Age, by the way, is a fucked up Dragon Age s- is- series because <laughs> there's never just Dragon Age. Yes. You got the Origins game, and then you got the sequel. Where the fuck is Dragon Age? Why didn't they just release Dragon Age? I don't know. You got Dragon Age Origins, Dragon Age Awakening, Dragon Age 2, and Dragon Age Inquisition. Oh, I thought Dragon Age 2 was Inquisition. No. People hated Dragon Age 2, and the reason they hated Dragon Age 2 is they tried to take what was a very traditional RPG-style game and turn it into an action-adventure game. I still love the fact that Witcher 1 and 2 are complete and total ass, and Witcher number 3 is heralded as one of the greatest open-world well, games that's of all Witcher, Witcher number 1 and 2, Witcher 1 and 2 mm. aren't ass, they're just dated games. They 1 is 100% ass, 2 they... is a little, is half-ass, <laughs> how about that? What Not CD like it's Project a half-ass game. What to do with 1 and 2 is they try to make a game way outside of their ability to make a game at that time mm-hmm. which is eventually why witcher 3 became so good it was everything they tried to do in one and two but now they had the technology and money to do it all yeah <laughs> and hopefully get to do that with uh so was it cyberpunk witcher, 2029 but yes. you're suffering very much from the from the fable syndrome of fable like peter molitor basically told straight up lies about what Fable was going to be for several years in a row, and still released three games based on that. So, Peter yeah, um, Molyneux also killed my dog. Peter Molyneux killed your dog. What? <laughs> what? Fable, oh, Fable in Fable. There you go. Speaking of which, they're supposed to be working on a new Fable game. Nothing has been confirmed yet. I don't think yet. that that it's not actually so a new two, Fable. It's like a spiritual yeah, successor. Two E3s ago. The Fable game they were supposed to be releasing was like a horde MOBA style game. It was a, a it was an asymmetrical it was like a yeah, yeah. where then, one person's the DM, DM and the yes. other guys are just exploring exactly. and trying not to die. And then they apparently scrapped that project and now they're supposed. Well, they to be shut a, the studio down. Yes, they're supposed to be a whole new Lion's Head studio. Um, 
The one that Peter Molyneux ran. They were making a card game. Molyneux. Didn't they already do it still? Oh, yeah. no. That's right. I don't think that got that yes. happened either. There, there have been rumors floating around about a whole new 100% from the ground up Fable title. And whether or not it was supposed to continue on the story or start it from scratch is yes. still to be seen. Like, Fable 1 was as, as simple as the game was. It was a game that gave you a lot of depth if you bothered to explore things and do things the right way and learn the systems. You had a lot of fun just with the very first game. And that game's dated as hell, so that tells you something. <laughs> I mean, I played that game a ton, and like I did boast. The boast and Fable 1 were probably the best mechanic the ever. You had boast. So boast. what would happen is on a it quest... It was basically you could talk people into shit. Well, no, you could, on a quest, you could take on a particular challenge, and then you get more rewards if you complete the quest with that challenge. Uh, there was boasts for, like, taking no damage at all. There were boasts for fighting barehanded. There was a boast, there was, one of the boasts, one of the funniest boasts was fighting naked. You had to fight with no clothes on, no armor, and essentially beat bosses. <laughs> and they would just destroy you if you took a hit. So, that Fable works. 1 was pretty fun. Fable 2 was okay. Fable 3 added way too much and made the game way too unmanageable for me. So this is the annoying thing about where we are in the year. There is not much news worth talking about. There isn't. Uh, news is slow. Everything's slow. Nobody gives a shit about Oscars and awards. Um, if they did, we would stream them. Um, Fuck the Oscars! Why fuck the Oscars? Fuck the Oscars! Okay. It's <laughs> the dude from No Way Out at the Game yes, Awards. Fuck the Oscars. Fuck the Oscars. I was talking to Dave last night about uh, co-op games that were coming up that we were excited to play, and one of them was A Way Out. He goes, is that the fuck the Oscars guy? That's, like, yes, that's the, the fuck the Oscars yeah, yeah, yeah. guy. <laughs> I'm also super excited for Awesome Metal Detecting! <laughs> Which we're going to play... Next time we're all online. Yay! Probably Monday. Hopefully Monday. Monday. Better be Monday. Possibly. Don't fall asleep. I still have no idea what this game is. I haven't watched an iota of gameplay footage from this, just so I can see how this game will surprise me. And uh, we'll see whether or not I uh, shut my laptop off again. You'll be surprised. <laughs> what do you mean, shut your laptop? Oh, yeah. <laughs> What do you mean? Well, it's not sense. a competitive game, so there's... Oh, uh, are you away. sure? I would hope not. <laughs> if it lets me beat Dave Death with a metal detector, I'll be doing that the entire time. Because that is the weirdest way to die. <laughs> Here lies Dave's sense. Beat the with a metal detector. <laughs> beat the death with it. I'm pretty sure that's not how uh, they do <laughs> how they write tombstones. <laughs> it's only tombstone. This is how I died. Nobody does that. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Space Time Taco. I have been Chris. I have been Nate. I have been Mario. <laughs> he has been Mario. Your uncle. In many lives. It's a me, uh, Mario. Your uncle. As always, if you like what we do, you can check us out on all the social medias. Just search for Space Time Taco. Rate this podcast, subscribe on Twitch, or support us through Patreon. And you can catch us Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 9.30 Eastern on twitch.tv slash spacetimetaco. Go inside and play video games. Peace!